listeners, and welcome to God Your Brew, a podcast where two friends talk about two of our favorite things, fish and beer. Fish and beer. I am the Lizza. And I am the kid. And that was... Say it to me, Santos. From... Vegas, baby. From Vegas. Halloween Vegas, baby. I was looking for the name of the album. Isn't it I Rock? Isn't that the name of the album? Uh, Faceplant into Rock. Isn't that the whole? I don't know. <laughs> it's me. You read the playbill. Oh, yeah? I didn't. I just looked at the pictures. <laughs> I read the story, and then and then the fish playbill. There was like, uh, you know, this big fabricated story about the band and where they came from, and an album that they like were supposed to record in 1981 that caught on fire. All the masters got destroyed. Um, cool. So this is all part factual. of the Vegas set. Yeah. Which is an album now, which is a fish album that they basically just wrote. <laughs> yeah I mean I don't know if they just wrote it But they wrote it in pretty recent time And played it So yeah. that was Vegas Halloween That was yeah Which was a gag in and of itself So it was like more than just the third set For Halloween it was a gag Which is cool because they normally just do that for New Year's Yeah so it's Kazvak Vox And the album is I Rock R-O-K-K. Right, so Kazvak Rocks is faceplant into, and then it's I-Rock, faceplant into the rock or whatever. It's like translated from fake Swedish. Yeah. So, Fish, explain explain what we saw. <laughs> we got to watch the first set conclude with them drawing a black curtain box around the stage, so we obviously knew that they were redoing and resetting the stage. Right. Um, when the curtains drop, because they don't go back up the way they would in a theater, they just fell from where they were being held onto. Yeah. It revealed a white box uh, where you could see them kind of like uh, like a secret set at a festival where you could see their shadows for a second. And then that white box pulled itself up, revealing fish on stage, on an illuminated stage. The ground actually lights up. And they're covered... Every, or they are in white and they've covered everything in white. Right. So all their equipment's white. They're dressed in white suits. Fishman's got a white mumu on when see, um, not see through, uh, glow in the dark green donuts. Word. Uh, it's pretty awesome. So I meant like describe what we saw, meaning like what the music was and the oh. whole backstory, <laughs> not what you visually saw with your eyes. Well, that's which important. Is the visual, I, I don't not, even... I mean, to get to talking about later. But. I think the visuals are important. I, I think uh, everything about this being like a Swedish funk pop rock band is all about aesthetics too. Um, I guess what we heard is like, you know, this crazy, what sounded to be like translated lyrics, like, uh, European style of you know, rock funk. Right, so Fish came out and they're supposed to cover an album and everybody thought that they were covering an actual album. Yeah, because why? of the... <laughs> because of the Fish Bill. But more than that, why? Uh, because there was this massive fabricated story about you know who the band was and Fish actually went out of their way to put this stuff up on the internet and like fake information so that when you Googled it, it looked like it was real. Shh, okay, cool, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then later... We were to find out that it was all made up, all fabricated. Yeah. And it was just a new album, very fish. So, yeah. So, we, fish covering fish for Halloween <laughs> is what we got. 
Yeah. It was, um, I'm not going to say, or I'm, I'm honestly going to say I'm uh, a little disappointed because I went to Vegas to try to see Fish cover another band. Sure. And, you know, having them once again, the only other Halloween I've ever been to is when they debuted Fuego. Sure. So ironically enough, all the Halloweens that I've gone to, I've gone to see them become a different band and they've covered themselves both times. <laughs> cool. But this time it was super rad. Uh, it was better than Fuego. Yeah, I'll give you that. <laughs> it was cool. I really dug the music a lot. I think the aesthetics were really cool. So everything was white because they had rainbow lights like like bouncing off of all the white surfaces. Like they basically cr- painted themselves a blank canvas so that Kuroda could do more crazy shit with the lights. Yeah. And they also installed the square rigs from the top that were like moving around and it was a whole cool fun yeah. party. They were square LED screens. Yeah. Uh, the screens could light up obviously the spectrum, the color spectrum, but the way he was using them was to create these layers from the side. Which um, we didn't see because we were down in the 100s, but we did see pictures from a couple other fans that looked pretty cool. Yeah, interestingly enough, this is the one time where the sides of the 100s was the space to be. I mean, the, the sides of the 200s, not the 100s. Yeah, even, up, I mean, up it, in the 200s. Okay, yeah. I mean, nosebleed section of was the nosebleeds. venue. That is nosebleeds, the 200s. No, it's not because it's so much smaller than Madison Square Garden. There is no nosebleeds. <laughs> it's still the back rows, but anyway. Um, it's something that, you know, being by the soundboard is always the thing. You want the best sound. So this was just interesting to move the vantage point. Um, it was also awesome to see them uh, play this tour because when they took the screens down, they added all those rigs back to the original light rig. And it's huge. It's gotten bigger. And I think, like you were saying, not just with the square screens and Kuroda being able to do his own thing, I think he was making shapes and, you know, doing things that I've never seen happen Word. before with the lights, which is cool. Yeah, lights are on point. Everything is the biggest, best version that it's been so far. This just keeps getting better and better. Yeah. I also think the venue lent itself to what they were doing because it's like a Vegas venue. It's got to be built really open so that they could literally do anything in it. Like sure, so yeah, 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 for like sure, whatever. for sure. So you have these massively high ceilings. Yeah, and they definitely and took advantage of that. It's not like MSG where you have a big scoreboard in the middle cutting it off or anything like that. It's just yeah. one open ceiling. So yeah. he got to really use up all that space, and he took full advantage, and it was pretty awesome. How do you think the general fish community is going to receive this? The the run? The new I'm, album. Oh, I've already seen people talking about it and freaking out about it what? on the social medias. I, I think I'm I'm like one of the few who's just like, man, they covered themselves again. <laughs> yeah, it's because you care about yourself. No, it's and because, that's it. Uh, yeah, I was The album was something. awesome. I, I can't wait to re-listen to it. I haven't re-listened to it since we saw it, but I was like super into it when we saw it, so I'm like a little hesitant to go back and re-listen to it, but I think it's cool and it's super catchy and it's like definitely easy listening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I thought something really funny that you said uh, in post watching the show <laughs> was that you're like, they have some weird like obsession with like mercury. <laughs> that's how, no, that's, I was telling J3PO, that's how I knew they weren't covering another band and that's how I knew that they were covering themselves. Yeah. Because Cool Amber and Mercury are lyrics from the new album. And I'm like, dude, they just did a song called Mercury. And then last night was the last night of the Vegas run. We saw them play another song with Mercury in the lyrics. And I'm just like, damn, they're like obsessed with Mercury. (laughs) I knew they weren't covering another band. Everything they were doing was so fishy. 
I was yeah. like, there's no way that they're covering an actual band. Again, I, a lot of aesthetics are a lot to me, and the show being the show, I think one of the coolest moments was uh, Trey and Mike were actually next to each other, so they went back to like the original setup where uh, you know Fishman's all the way on the outside, and right, then Gordon, right, right. then Trey, then Paige uh, from right to left. And because the two of them were in the center, they got to do these like coordinated like thrusts and stuff in the front of the stage where they dances. Made it look like they, they were, were like, dancing together, flying. Yeah, they danced too, and they both had wireless systems, so they were both like running, running around. around the stage and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, so if yeah. I were to say anything about all that stuff, that is all aesthetics and visuals, and it was very clear uh, that they were super into what they were doing, and the energy was crazy. I was told that this will go down in fish history, and it's. By far one of the better Halloween sets ever performed. Top three. <laughs> Is that J3PO's? Uh, yeah, up there with Stop Making Sense and the Grillin' Chillin', which I also liked too, but I think that this was way, it. this outdid that. This totally outdid so that. So I wasn't, I didn't see Thrillin' Chillin' because I was probably asleep watching that simulcast. Mm. Uh, but, um, I can't say that it isn't. I personally like Thrillin' Chillin' better. I think it's funkier than this stuff, and this stuff is still really funky. But I think you just like just it because they're working it back into song shows now, and they're going to do the same thing with all these new songs. I think that's true too. But again, I think there are more songs off of Thrillin' Chillin' that I'd rather hear than than this. That's all I'm saying. I'm trying to be honest about it. But you just this they did two days ago, so you can't speak to it yet. Oh, I mean, I, I've listened to both of them, and I know how many songs I like off Thrill and Chillin' and how many I like off this. I like, like, two or three songs off this. Really, re-listened to both in the last span of the last two days. I've listened to the entire Halloween set again, yes. Oh, entire set, not just... No, not the entire show. show? No, oh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. just the set. Got it. It was good, man. It was super high energy. Uh, people were actually commenting uh, commenting about the weekend as a whole that other than the Halloween set, which was really like impactful and crazy, yeah, that it was a pretty standard weekend. Like the song selections, otherwise, were like meh. Huh. And I don't know that I agree with that. That we saw some cool stuff. You got your set closing walls of the cave, like we got to see some cool shit. I got my loving cup into a tweezer reprise for an encore. Then twist insane. and hood, yeah. The what you're talking about is Halloween, so irrelevant. The second show we went to after Halloween, I didn't think was that bad. I thought the whole second set was kind of a bummer, but whatever. You can't dissect things like that. And if you were at the whole run, I'm sure you would have loved it. Yeah, that's why I look at shows and runs, not just in like sets and shows. And it was also like because it was the midweek and no one was there for Halloween or the next night. I'm glad we went to the two nights we went to because those were the undersold nights. Yeah, so interesting fun fact. As we were sitting in Vegas waiting for the show to go on on Halloween night, we were looking at StubHub and tickets were as low as $17. Uh, The second night, tickets got as low as $30. By Friday night, tickets were only, or I shouldn't say only, they were $100 cheapest ticket to get into the door. So it's really odd how, yeah, that midweek really screwed up know how fans were trying to see it sure man i loved it that was good it was great worth the vegas trip yeah never going to vegas unless fish is playing there but they're there every couple of years i got <laughs> go, four more go years again, before probably. i have another stab at seeing them cover not themselves yeah man <laughs> i try yeah so vegas was fun i liked it more than you did i guess uh you mean music you like or to just shit vegas? all over it as you do with most things in life. <laughs> That's my job. Yeah, I guess. That's the point of this podcast is to be critical. 
No, it's not. It's uh, just like chat about like our experience. Yeah, not shit all but, over I mean, everything. There's a there's things that people attach to. I mean, we've talked about anchor points last episode. It's just like you know, there's things that you remember. Right. The, the, the a lot of the Vegas run for me was aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. I got so I I'm not trying to like oversell anybody on the lights. But this year, like the lights are blowing my mind. Yeah, yeah. And like sure. I was so like, oh, oh, they're playing sand again. Cool. And I'm looking up at the lights, and he's made a fucking helix that rotates on itself out of the lights. Like, yeah, that's yeah. insane. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, lights you know, I'm getting pulled more out of the music where I'm just sure. focusing on that, and I'm just like, this dude is a yeah. genius. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so th- there were things about that, and again, the amount of work it had to be to get all their equipment powder coated white. Yeah, <laughs> I was joking with J3PO when we were watching the show at his place uh, yesterday. It was just like they must have just went to an auto body shop and dropped all that shit off. And yeah, just that's not like... what they did. <laughs> I don't know why you keep saying that. It's, it's totally funny. wrong. It's funny to it's me. Not that's funny. how you powder coat shit. You need a huge no. room. You need someone who can powder coat. I don't know. It's They're like shit. professional musicians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They took their equipment somewhere and someone made it white. It's cool. Correct. I don't care. It's cool. That's and cool. Were, it was a lot of planning and a lot of pre-thought. What was I appreciate that. What was interesting Theatrical. is what they chose to like actually go through the extra length to to like powder coat and what they didn't. So Fish's set, all the chrome accents and all that stuff were powder coated white. And right. obviously the skins are all white and everything. Um, but like Mike Gordon's bass amp wasn't. So they put a white like blanket over it. So then because he's playing his bass like throughout the show, you could watch the air pressure like change. Behind Most the of the so, actual instruments they played were wrapped, not coated. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's I think well, that's what you're referring to. Well, no, I was I was looking at the, the guitars were new and custom or the guitar and the bass were both custom. What? Yeah. Custom and made naturally white. white yeah. Right. That's what I'm saying. But then they wrapped everything else they couldn't customize. Yeah. I don't know. I thought uh, I looked at pages. The, how much of the singing was Mike versus Trey on the new the new album? Oh man, I don't want. Is it a lot of Mike? <laughs> um, I mean, at least three or four of those songs were Mike, and I mean, it was ten nine songs. songs. I think it was nine songs. Ten. Looking at it, Turtles nine in the Clouds, Stray Dogs, Everything Is Hollow, We Come to Outlive Our Brains, Say It to Me, <laughs> Santos, uh, Final Hurrah, Play by Play, Death Don't Hurt Very Long. Cool, Amber, and Mercury, and Passing Through. This is, like, for sure, and I know I'm going to get a ton of shit saying this, but this is for sure, like, an old man album. Which is why, like, the old man in front of me was, like, losing his shit. This is, like, an old man rock. Yeah, can you say what you mean? Kraut rock is, that's what it is. It's, like, repetitive and, like, big and, like, theatrical and, like, funk, but, like, funk in a rock, more rock way. Not, like, funk in, like, a soul funk way. Yeah, we didn't see P-Funk last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess we saw. It's just, it's different. It's different, but it's good. It's, I get excited when I see them being excited, and they were all, like, loving it. They're having a ball. (laughs) What was funny is that on night two, Trey still had the wireless system plugged in. Oh, he did? Yeah, so he was, like, running around the stage and shit, which was funny. At one point, I thought he was pissing Mike off, because he was, like, (laughs) Bobbing in his face and stuff, and Mike's Probably. trying to sing and play at the same Probably. time. <laughs> it was cool. You could definitely. It was good. It was high blast. energy for sure. The shows we were at were really fun. Yeah, we met a lot of cool fish fans. Dude, we I got to experience Vegas in I a didn't cool know you way. Could smoke inside. I wish someone had told me. <laughs> there were a lot of cigarette smoking individuals enjoying the fact that they could rip cigarettes indoors. That's at every show, dude. No, but this, you know, because it's a casino, people are smoking all around inside. I felt like... Yeah, that's I the one negative thing about Vegas is definitely cigarettes. Yeah, constantly suffocating. 
and the smell of cigarettes. You know. Um, but it was cool. Being from New York, it was nice. We were staying at MGM Grand, so New York, New York was right across the street. So that was kind of weird, seeing like a scaled-down Empire State Building. Yeah, this trip's fun. It's cheesy as fuck, but it's like fun if you know that going in. Like, you have to have low expectations. What was super fucking a lot of money. <laughs> weird was that this auto-conference, Apex or whatever the fuck it's called, was happening uh, all the week. So... People were freaking out. You could see as like we were walking to the venue, and people were just casually trying to just walk through the MGM Grand. They were like, "The fuck!" And like when we would come out at the end of the show, and like there's one hallway that everybody can really just walk down before it starts splintering off into the casino, and people are just like freaking out because of the sheer volume of just fish heads in Halloween costumes stumbling down the hallway after rocking out for six hours. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people who are saying there were. There to see fish, you think so? Yeah. What was your favorite thing outside of seeing fish? Ooh, favorite thing. Uh, I'd probably have to say it was like nice and warm. We went to the pool, just hung out because you know it's cold here now, so we can't do that. Yeah, I was sure. just super relaxing, especially yeah, after because we went the you know right after the first night, so it was just I got to stretch in the pool. Yeah, to get those legs nice and you don't realize how much more a set adds to your standing ability when yeah. you're seeing them. Three sets, yeah. A long time. Like, I was extra sore. Yeah. That freaking, yeah. Thursday. So MGM Garden Arena is 18,500 18, people, 600 people? Like 16, five. It's, no, no, no. <laughs> it's 18. Huh. So it's like a little smaller than MSG. Honestly. It was tight. I thought it was tight. Um, it's sixteen eight hundred is MGM Grand Arena. Um, oh yeah, so less. I said eighteen or sixteen. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's less than MSG. MSG is like twenty, right? Yeah. So it, what's odd? What's odd is that Boardwalk Hall, which is where I saw them do Fuego, uh, mm-hmm. in Atlantic City, is mm-hmm. ten thousand five hundred people, but it doesn't feel as small as MGM. I don't know if it's just like the like the seats are all plastic and it's like metal bleachers basically. Like I don't know if it's just like the difference in how they construct the stadium, but yeah, perhaps. Boardwalk Hall just felt better. I don't know. This was fun. I liked MGM Garden Arena. I didn't like the way that they handled getting people into the show for Halloween, but I heard that was the pictures. And we should talk about the picture winners for the Halloween costume. Oh yeah, you want me to look up the Halloween? Congratulations costumes? to the guy who did the couch tour. He won. They won tickets to Madison Square Garden. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that's pretty sick. If I'd known that, I would have taken my time and taken a picture. <laughs> that's cool. Just one more cool fish thing. Fish does to keep the party rolling. Very much enjoyed. Costumes were on point. You didn't dress up. Yeah, I did not dress I mean, you're traveling, man. I really didn't have to. Like, I know a bunch of people did it, and there were a lot of, like, the dudes from the Big Lebowski. <laughs> yeah, that's there easy. A lot of Waldos. There were yeah, a lot of Super Mario. Yeah, that's Yeah, that's a lot of easy ones. Like, yeah, yeah, easy. like, the ones where, like, this fits in a suitcase. Yeah. You don't have to talk about it. doesn't matter. I just thought it was a cool extra thing to mention that they were doing. Yeah, I mean that dude wearing that nitrous tank <laughs> dressed up as like a two a two story tall nitrous tank. That's the dude I want to know how he got to Vegas with that thing. And then they let him walk through the casino that way. We saw him before he even got there, like yeah, just walking down this hallway, taking up all the ceiling space. 
Like, did he go there before and measure all the ceilings to make sure that he would be able? How did he get through the doors that you do get through to get into the MGM Grand of, Arena? You understand <laughs> it. It's made of cardboard, right? <laughs> it's not like a real metal container. No, he I, was in. I know, but okay. it was huge. Yeah, I mean, it was enough to f- have. It was like a big tube. Yeah. Yes, that was badass. Vegas was badass. I'm glad we did it. Yeah. Next is Madison Square Garden, baby. Yeah, man, I'm excited. Uh, I'm not. You know, I don't like MSG. I'm over it. You're over it? I don't like that venue. But it's so easy for us for being New Yorkers. It's just, you know, it's a solid venue. Yep. Why are you over it? Because it's too small. What are you? What the fuck? That doesn't even make sense. It does make sense. Dude, it's we were just small. in Vegas. It was smaller. Yeah, that was small as well. The MGM Garden Arena was small too. Okay, so here's a better question. How would you do New Year's? Where would you do New Year's? Outside. Where? I don't know. It's more hot. Like you, <laughs> Obviously. you saw them play New Year's Miami. You do that instead? Yeah, that was fun. Isn't that venue smaller than MSG? I don't know. It didn't feel like it. <laughs> and that's not outside, right? It was still an indoor arena. Yeah, yeah. American yeah. Airlines Arena is inside. So it's you want- big. It's big. American Airlines Arena is big. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I'm saying. How do you do it outside? I don't know. I'm overseeing them in like tight, constrictive areas. Like I want to like dance in a field. Okay, we're getting to a better point. You want a general admissions show, and I think you're extra itchy for it because you didn't have curveball. Yeah, everything I've had to deal with has been trying my patience. Yeah, I mean, we got lucky night two of the Halloween run. We had like a whole because it was undersold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's that's why I like going to multiple shows in a run because you get a lot of different experiences, which is cool. And I feel like that's kind of like Vegas in a nutshell, as it is. Like you get a lot of weird, cool stuff thrown at you that you weren't expecting, and it changes from day to day. But so I need I need like outside dancing space. Would you say that you now buy your tickets with that understanding? Like, do you try to pick? Like an experience, like you try to get a good close up, like oh, I'll get awesome like viewing space of them, and then maybe another night I'll like go to a yeah, yeah. I like having like, yeah, yeah, I like having a mixed experience. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't want the same seats all four nights. So you wouldn't just go sh- like oh, let me just get straight floor tickets, floor no. tickets all four nights. No, hmm. nah, no thanks. <laughs> so at this point, you're not a best available. You uh, that's that's interesting. So what, like where you're saying you'd stay in at least the one hundreds of any stadium. Or would you like bounce around? Like what? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how you would put this experience together. It doesn't matter. I just like get whatever tickets I get. (laughs) And the experience happens to me. I don't try to plan it out. That's what I'm saying. I'm not intending to ever do that or think about doing that because I won't ever do that. Oh, I do that. (laughs) I'll just buy the tickets. (laughs) Even with general admission tickets, I have a plan. Like the first set, I hang back and I have a dancing set. Yeah. And then in between the set break, I like drill in and I get nice and close on page side, rage side, and I sit there for the second set. It's my plan. It's a good plan. I just chill, man. <laughs> Let's go where life takes me. Yeah. Yep. That's how I roll. Yeah. Cool. So Fish basically just wrote a new album. Yeah. I'm excited about that. I'm excited again. It, it, I get really impressed when they add three songs, at least from a whole album of stuff, and that's exactly what they did. So I'm content, definitely content. For sure. Any speculations on the gag for New Year's? I feel like they kind of went all out on the Vegas one. Uh, something yeah. bigger, something Dude, better. I, I t- I, we we did the whole thing of like saying how I don't like to speculate because it's like watching a trailer two or chair trailer three of a movie. Which is like it starts ruining it for you. Sure, and like, sure, sure. It's very obvious to me sometimes when we talk to J3PO that like 
he's been on jam base or he's been on whatever. And like, I like, cause the, the trends that even people are talking about end up yeah. becoming like very Threads, much yeah, a pattern yeah. Yeah. and people are talking about the same subject of shit. And it's like, I don't want any of that. I'm at the point now where I'm just like, I want to go in completely undisturbed and allowed to think like whatever. Yeah, that's fun. I mean, I think that's the way everybody should want to be, but people want to like figure stuff out. No stuff. Get little clues. Well, yeah, yeah, but you're ruining the. I, honestly, for me, it's ruining the experience. You're trying to guess the end of a movie before you've even seen it. Yeah, there's nothing about fish that is easily guessable. Yeah, and that's what's great about that. I think that's why people get so into it because if you happen to nail it, like if there were a betting odds <laughs> in Vegas on fish, like yeah. it, the payouts would be insane because the odds of hitting are so low. Because they're so unpredictable. There's a there was a guy that we met in Vegas that was talking about that they had like these fish brackets. Oh, do they? And like he was betting on like songs that would come out and like who could get closest to picking the right set list. And I was fascinated by it. And I was like, oh, you got to tell me more about that. And then he went to the bathroom, and never came back. Oh, and there's that. <laughs> what happens in Vegas, you'll never know. <laughs> yeah, dude, people get pretty crazy. Yeah. This one though, I had a good time. Highly recommend it for fish fans. Yeah. Well, I finally was able to find the Halloween contest shit. One of them is actually really funny. It's like a dude inspecting uh, water, and it's curveball, and it's the chick's dressed up in a bunch of like terrariums around her body, and she's yep. giving people their money back. Yeah, <laughs> sack of money. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> and someone dressed up as Mike. So that, that was that third place. Was yeah, yeah was he has the haircut perfectly. He's got the scarves and shit. It's super funny. Uh, second place is the chicks from The Shining. Yeah, I don't understand how that got second place. I don't place. understand how people do that. <laughs> yeah, it's dumb. And then Couch Tour was number one. Couch yeah. Tour is great. I want to know if the, he's actually in a power seat because he needs one or if he, he actually is. got it delivered. No, the front of the thing just says we deliver power seats. Like He was riding around on it. Yeah, no, I understand that. It's part of the costume. That's how right. you made the couch move. Right. Um, I don't know. I don't want to... I shouldn't, I guess, speculate as to whether he actually needs the seat or not. It's a brilliant costume, either way. It's just a costume, bro. Yeah. All right. Well, what do you want to listen to from the Halloween set to take us into our 15-minute break? Is there anything that like sticks out to you? Like Any song that like you go, I'm going to love this song every time they play it? I played mine already. The new song? Say it to me, Santos. This is what space smells like. Got that funny I wouldn't part. play one from Halloween. Oh, yeah? Or Tweezer Reprise. Always Tweezer Reprise. What? No, I just told you. You have to pick one from the new <laughs> album that you're so excited to hear in the wild. Like, how do you not have a favorite song yet? Uh, it was the other one, the Amber and Mercury one. Cold, cold amber, amber and mercury. mercury yeah yeah all right <laughs> well we'll see you guys after this short 15 minute break
Mercury.
Welcome back to Al Jabril. I'm the Lizza. And I'm the kid. I'm thinking about changing my nickname. Yeah, you were talking about this. I don't know if I should. Yeah, why don't you, why don't you say why? For consistency's sake, I don't know if I should. I guess it's an evolution. People evolve. I don't really get many nicknames like that are unique. Um, like they're just like, you know, short shorter versions of my actual name or you know, I just get called Ginger <laughs> because I have red hair. Uh and a couple cats sitting behind us at the show uh the second night. We were chatting them up and the guy was like, "I'm going to call you Snaps." And I was like, "Why?" And he's like, "Short for Ginger Snaps." And I was like, "Okay, that's cool." So we, I don't know. I'm I'm playing around with maybe calling myself going snaps. To snaps. I think that I think you're you allowed think? to change a nickname, especially if it was given to you. Sure, like, sure. You can't keep changing your own nickname. That's not a coming nickname. up with shit. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I think the fact that it was bestowed Eliza on Eliza was given to you, and now this yeah. has been given to you, and you yeah. want to upgrade, then you're more than <laughs> that's true. Yeah, you're more than welcome to do so. I'll start calling you Snaps. We'll do the beginning as, hey, this is the... Snaps and the Kid. <laughs> that sounds better, like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Snaps and the Kid. Because I feel like it's redundant to have the Lizza and the Kid. There's two thes. Yeah, the Kid got given to me uh, in my band. It was because sure. I was at one point the youngest member of our band, and I act like a kid, so they just wouldn't <laughs> call me by my name. They'd just be like, oh, the Kid, the Kid, the Kid. And then one day, the lead guitar player, J3PO, goes on stage and goes, the kid himself. And there was my nickname. Wasn't it also because you were much older than everybody else in your band as well, though? Uh, younger than everybody else in your band? Oh, yeah, I said that. I'm young. Oh, I'm, I was at one youngest. point the youngest. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I also act the youngest. Like, I'm immature as shit. But yeah. I, hey, I say go for it. If you want to be called Snaps, do it. All right. Own it's it. happening. Own it. Officially happening. This is the last episode where we'll call you the Lizza. It's Snaps from here on out. Sounds great. <laughs> Sounds great. All right. Well, we were just in Vegas, yeah. um, so it only it's only appropriate that we kind of talk about beer outside of our market. For sure. Um, for sure. The problem is, is that while we were in Vegas, we only could really find one brewery. Um, it was on the strip. Uh, the tasting room was on the strip. Uh, and the guy who owned it, it's called Sin City Brewery. Sin City Brewing, yeah. Yeah. Um, owns five other locations uh, in Las Vegas and basically just bought an 100-barrel system and made beer. (laughs) Yeah, so Um, let's talk about, like, the drinking game in Vegas. Like, that's what I wanted to talk about on this episode. Like, kind of how, obviously, it's called Sin City for a reason. People do everything in excess there. We went on the high roller. We had the privilege of going on the high roller, which is essentially just, like, (laughs) a giant uh, Ferris wheel with pods that you can drink in. Which is awesome. You can pound liquor. Apparently, it's the largest Ferris wheel one can ride. Oh, I did not know that. So it's bigger than the the Oculus or whatever shit in London. So, oh, really? I yeah. didn't know that. Oh, I thought the one in London was way bigger. You know what's really funny? They had monitors telling you how high you were at every Elevation, moment of, yeah. the, of the ride. And I just wasn't paying attention because I was trying to drink so Until fast. Until the end. <laughs> yeah, you were like was, 200 I feet. Like, no, not even. It was 80 feet. I look yeah. up and I'm like, shit, we're eight. I didn't even look. So that experience is like the epitome of like how Vegas works. Like everyone does everything to excess. Yeah. Just the way it works. I mean, it's even worse too because the way you consume or the way you're supposed to consume in hotels, in casinos, 
And for people who are not from, you know, the tri-state area like we are, to them, it's really expensive drinking. You're talking about most people who come from, you know, small towns, suburbs of wherever they're sure. from and paying like a dollar fifty, two bucks at most sure. for a beer. And now they're paying eight dollars a beer, a Budweiser. Right. So Vegas is very much like New Orleans. You can walk around the streets with booze. So like everyone has I mean, I saw I saw a couple beers, but I, I think that was for a different reason. Most of like the commercial stuff you see are like those big drinking plastic cups, you know. Where you can get like a slushy with this and that. It's like basically like Dallas barbecue threw up everywhere and that's what people are <laughs> drinking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, speaking to the beer element, beer is actually the cheapest thing you can buy in Vegas and it's still very expensive. We were paying like eight, nine dollars, ten dollars for buds and Sierras and yeah. you know, the basic stuff. But we another fish family met was telling us to go to like a CVS around the corner and just get like a twelve pack and walk around with that. Which was actually a really smart idea. Yeah. And we saw a couple of people bringing in 12 packs to the casino on our way in one day. So that's a good way to get around the system. Uh, it was really interesting because it, it was two for six, right? His... Those are the mortar shells. I saw yeah. a couple of people bringing in 12 packs, but it's smart. I mean, you have a. Did we have a fridge in our room? Uh, I guess you just have ice. We did, ice. but if you open it, I don't know, it's like sealed. And if you open it, you get charged a fee or some shit. Like you it was keep it cold on ice? Yeah. Cool. Anyway, so we were drinking a lot of beers. <laughs> uh, cocktails, too, but beers for the most part. Um, yeah, and I every time we go on a trip, I always research kind of the easiest or most accessible with like still a good rating of beer you can go to to visit in a place. I also try to drink as local as I can. I won't drink stuff I can get here. Um which again, it was a hard endeavor. I mean, it was weird. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the the Sin City we went to on the strip wasn't even the actual brewery, like you were saying. It was a tasting room, um, but they had a lot of really good beers. Like they were well brewed beers. They were very solid. And I thought it was hilarious that the first thing she offered us was a Marzen, but she <laughs> yeah. said an amber. So I was like, oh man, amber, ambers. They're out here again. Honestly, that perked my ears up. Yeah, because when we were out in Denver, you know, ambers are kind of like the beer style of choice out there. So. When she said it, I was like, oh, doesn't surprise me. We're in Nevada. We're not that far away from Colorado sure, and all sure, there sure. are Ambers. So. But it was more of a Marzen. We had just done the Marzen episode, so I really appreciated uh, her saying that because I started thinking about it. And then as I was drinking it, I was like, yeah, this is totally more of a Marzen. This is so good. Um, well, the difference is a Marzen's a lager and an Amber Ale is an ale. That's right. what she was saying when most people say Amber. Uh, but that's why she shouldn't have called it an Amber. Uh, when most people say Amber, they mean Amber Ale. Yeah. People were also ordering beer in a really strange way. They were asking for light and dark. What do you have that's light and dark? I've never heard anybody else order that way unless they're at McSorley's where that's all they have. Yeah. Well, it's just, again, that's that immediately delineates, like, to me, who is, like, a good beer drinker and who's just, like, your average person. Light and dark to them just means, like, malty yeah, yeah, or yeah. just pale. tastes like water. Yeah, light and, light and darker <laughs> pale. Yeah, for um, sure. I feel like that's how... A lot of people see beer. Fishes. Um, so what was interesting to me about the trip is as we're leaving the high roller, it's basically like another street that's like a St. Mark's in New York or like a Times Square street where you're walking down a, sh- a shop ridden, uh, you know, plethora the of places to yeah, go. The flamingo. Yeah, yeah, where the flamingo is. And it's like I... Uh, I'm walking us up the street and I see a red neon that just says beers and cocktails. Right. And we walk in and it's basically a sports bar. They have like jumbo sized sports bar. I think the name of it is actually 
American Sports Bar. I'm pretty sure that's the name on the receipt. Yeah, and it's funny because <laughs> the neon doesn't even say that. It says just beers and cocktails. And we go look at the low boy that they had behind the counter, and it's fucking full of craft beer. And this is not the type of place. This is the type of place I would expect to go to and get Heineken, Coors Light, um, Guinness, and like Michelob Ultra. Like that's it. Like I was so, not expecting. So to be fair. <laughs> They did have all that. They had, yeah. like, towers of PBR. They had, like, yeah. the big, you know, Connect Four and Jenga. It was a, clearly yeah. a sports bar. It was a sports bar where you yeah. go to watch sports bet on sports. Um, but for whatever reason, uh, they had an entire giant page on the clipboard for all canned beers. And they did have, like, some pretty good canned beer selection. Yeah. So we hung out there for a hot minute. We met another fish. No, he wasn't a fish fan. Just some dude who liked beer. No, he was actually there for the auto conference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So another beer he, lover. Yeah, he, uh, for a living, if I remember correctly, restores old tractors. Sure. And his specific job is painting them. And he you know, gets sure. them back to the original paint, blah, blah, blah. Um, he was obsessed with both uh, stouts and Imperial porters yeah, sure, sure. and whiskey. Right. So he was showing us pictures of his whiskey collection, but more importantly, his fucking beer collection was insane. It was like the entire like walk-in pantry room of someone's sure. house. Yeah, yeah. And it was just full of stacks and stacks and stacks of beer. Yeah, man. So it was cool that we met that dude. Yeah. So I'm saying you meet fish fans and you meet beer fans. And drink <laughs> fans like to drink. What's interesting is like it's it's becoming a thing where fish fans are beer fans too, and it's becoming more common than you would uh, imagine because there's two groups that have recently popped up on Facebook, and we're actually going to have a uh, episode where we get to hang out with the guys from one of the groups. It's called uh, one of them is called Heady Beers for Fish Fans, and the other one is called Foamy Friends, and Friends is spelled with PH. Nice. Um, and it, it both groups. You know, I started my own on on Facebook for fish itself, right? And I am up to maybe about seven hundred fans, and you know they trickle in, sure, week to week, slowly over time. But like these guys, within like a week of starting these two groups, each one went like well over a thousand, like people, like within a week, in a week. So. Yeah, so this is actually something we're talking about. We were talking to a couple friends last night, and I, I work in the beer industry. Um, so it's very hard for myself to divorce that point of view, but I guess our friend was saying he works in a law firm, so there's a stigma when you tell people that you're a fish fan, that they kind of like look down on you and assume you like do drugs and are like a crazy person. And a wook. Yeah, you're a hippie Which I get. Yeah, yeah. I get. But I don't really, the, the beer and fish culture, for whatever reason, is so overlapped. Maybe it's because they're from Vermont. And, like, Vermont's always had really good beer. Like, the, I think it's also the environment. Like, when we went to Magna Ball, you and I did that uh, beer and food pairing. Yeah, that's And what it I'm was, saying. like, farm to table. Yeah. Like, I think it's just the nature of, like, you know, New Englanders and, you know, being off the path. And they, like, farm to table. Like, Maine has a bunch of Michelin star restaurants. Yeah, like, I guess. There's just, just a lot like, of beer lovers who love fish, too. You know, Vermont itself, like where they were from, is like super college-like, and now those college towns are starting to become more beer literate, like especially over by um, Burlington and shit. Do you think like, it's because my generation of people got jobs in the liquor and beer industry? Yes, I, I mean I don't and think it's like just that. Heads. I think the beer and liquor industry is exploding right now, so there's yeah. a lot of job creation in that industry. A lot of those people overlap and are also fans, so. Yeah, um, which to your point, you were saying those groups obviously on Facebook prove that 
I just couldn't believe how fast. Parties. Yeah, well, I just couldn't believe how fast they were finding you because, you know, when we first developed this podcast and we figured it out, we were just like, you know, we're really trying to hit this small niche market of people, like people who both like fish and both like beer. And at, at the beginning, we were actually thinking about them at two separate things. We used to write the podcast descriptions and include when someone could fast forward and just listen to the beer part. And I thought we just, still did that. No, we don't do that. Anymore. Oh, we should I, just go back to doing that. Nah, I don't do that. I don't uh, do that we should go back I'm over it. it. If someone wants to listen to just the beer part, then they can scrub it for themselves. But that's true. I think the reason why I stopped doing that and I stopped writing those uh, things down is because as our podcast is growing and we're getting more subscribers and we're getting more people, that overlap is starting to become not an overlap, but the main subscribers. So it's right. Like, that the, where the two circles overlap, the purple. I feel like in the, in the <laughs> beginning we were trying to go to fish fans and be like, listen to the fish segment. And we would go to our beer friends and say, listen to the beer segment. Yeah. Let's skip one or the other. That is true. Now it's just like, I keep meeting, even when we were in Vegas, I kept meeting people who were just like, God, a Jabru. That's hilarious. Like, Oh my God, I can't wait to listen. To <laughs> I've always wanted to like, hear someone talk about fish and beer, fish and beer, fish. And, like they're both one thing. Yeah, um, for sure. So it's gotten pretty cool, man. Um, I, I would say that most people in Vegas were drinking cocktails, which I can't understand because they're just as expensive as they are here. And I'm pretty sure they're half the strength. Cocktails were weak in Vegas. They're taught <laughs> to do that. Yeah. They're pouring me like half shots and shit and charging me the same. I put money on it. There are a lot more places to get cocktails. Like there's like tiki bars and like whiskey lounge and cocktails. They want you to be drinking really expensive things. They don't want you to be drinking $8 beers, even though that $8 beer costs them like a dollar. Yeah. So they're making $7. It's actually maybe a higher revenue item for them. I'm not sure. But we hung out in Sportsbook, a couple of spots, and had some Sierras and Buds, and it was fun. It was a good time. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like hanging out in the ultimate living room. I feel like the reason we even got off on this tangent is because we don't really have any beer to bring. We didn't bring any beer back. Right. We were talking Uh, about traveling outside of our market. Yeah. And like it was hard, like other than Sin City, like we had to have a car, which we didn't have. So like exploring and I'm sure there are a bunch of local breweries out there that are just not on the strip. We just didn't have access to them. There were a few I researched. Yeah. None of them really like intrigued me yeah like none of them i had i read the descriptions for and was like oh yeah we should go do that yeah so i mean the way you described it before it was very very much reminded me of new orleans where even new New orleans has nola and you know they have um abita and and stuff so it's like four or five when we went to new orleans i would imagine that there's maybe three four or five in las vegas right now so it's going to be interesting to see how those markets change and if they do because New Orleans is kind of like a college like party, sure. like drink. Well, New Orleans has like a pocket. No, see, but New Orleans has, because it's not a strip, because it's just a na- like a street, essentially, you know? Yeah. Bourbon Street's Bourbon a street. street yeah. there, are po- there are like cute little pockets, like neighborhoods in New York. That There is like a Brooklyn section. There are like all these different pockets. Like there was that whole different suite, Charles Street, I think it was, where we found the awesome like oldest school place that served shrimp like you have to like go off the beaten path but that's easier to do in in nola whenever i travel and there's not a beer scene anywhere i my first thing is like a i get the instinct where i'm like i want to move here and open something here and b i'm just like why isn't anything happening here and for me i think i answered my own question because after thinking about it it makes total sense to me like i craft beer there's an authenticity to it basically craft beer is something that's authentic and and creative and 
spurs something that's not mass produced, right? It's supposed to be the antithesis of something that's mass produced. Right. And I feel like that is the Vegas culture. Vegas. So people aren't looking for something that's unique. They're looking for what everybody else is doing. Yeah, but like sometimes (laughs) I I would believe that to be true. But what was interesting is that, you know, we're in the elevators and shit with a bunch of fish fans going to the fish shows and stuff. And it's like this one chick on the elevator uh, back up to our room was just like, did anybody go to any of the buffets? Anybody <laughs> like them? They were horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, maybe a majority of that culture, maybe our generation's finally starting to pick up steam because I think this is also a product of the generation before us, the baby boomers. Right. Where it's just like they're not into that type of shit. Like they like the buffets. They like not having to think about shit. They like, like sure. Being on kind of this autopilot that sure. they have of their own right. You know, they always make fun of us for being down on our phones and being head down. Yeah. I think Vegas to them is like their iPhone or, you know, their like smart device where they like get a necklace with a with a bunch of credit on it and they plug themselves into a slot machine and sit there for fucking. Right. So saying it a different way, I think people also go to Vegas because everything is all inclusive. Yeah. You don't you literally do not have to leave the building you're in to do everything you want to do. Yeah. So again, it's not about like going to seek out something that's on the outskirts. It's about how much can be brought to me where I'm sitting at this, you know, yeah. craps table. Where's the lady? Liquors, cigarettes. They have, they have yeah. the lady who's walking around with the trays of cigarettes. Like yeah. you don't have to walk to a place. Like they bring everything to you. So like yeah. that's kind of like the nature of Vegas. And like you were saying, if you're traveling with like families or you're there, like you're held in a hotel, you're at the hotel for a purpose, like a conference or a meeting or whatever, you're not going to like go explore like you're on vacation. You're going to like be like, where's the quickest place I can go get? food or coffee or this or that so yeah but i will uh say we did eat some amazing food when we were in vegas oh man we had joel robichon and mesa grill which is bobby flay's restaurant and both those are pretty sick yeah we had some awesome meals it was good the food was great the pricing was Speaking above of, uh, average, above what it should be but yeah, yeah, yeah. it was great the food was still good but i mean you know mesa grill is closed here so it's like we got to have mesa grill the only way we were, we were going to oh i didn't know that and, and yeah so i didn't even know that speaking of um amazing michelin star food what out of market like awesome beer we i know you're drinking one right now oh i'm drinking a uh new glaris spotted cow oh yeah can i have some yeah let's do it <laughs> sweet so tell me, what do you? I the only thing I know about New Glarus is that they're pre- incredibly hard to get. Yeah, so they're a super super tiny small brewery from Wisconsin, and they don't distribute outside of Wisconsin. Yeah. So they are. That's it. They're in the state, and that's all they ever want to be, and that's what they do. And we were lucky enough. J three PO traveled to Wisconsin recently and brought that back for us. Mm. It's great. What is it? <laughs> it's good it's though. uh this is it's weird that this highly carbonated we were talking about it's j3po and i were talking about how weird it is that this beer has become kind of like their flagship beer because it's very unique it's like honestly like a cross between like a cream ale and a saison like yeah. it's supposed to be like an easy drinking it's, farmhouse basically it's highly carbonated like a, a saison um it's Got a thicker viscosity, which is why I get why they're calling it a cross between a cream ale and a saison. I don't know what they call it, to be honest. I'm sure it says it somewhere on here, but basically it's just like a Belgian pale. Like this to me is like very close to like an Allagash white or something, or they're trying to replicate that. Yeah, it's But it's, it's got a very like Midwestern, it doesn't have like that New England, it has no New England influence at all. It's like very, very clean. And honestly, to me, this beer just speaks about the yeast. Like there's nothing else in this beer that is supposed to pop out. Like, all it is is showcasing the yeast. It stays on farmhouse sale yeast. Yeah. 
It's it's. Uh, I think the reason why it's becoming their flagship okay. is because it's kind of going that like you know fruitier estuary place, but not Correct. too hard. And the way that the hops balance themselves out so that they don't seem present, but also balance out that that you know, it, it's like I feel like they're more like. Sorry, I'm struggling for words. No, I'm no, to use I'm, vocabulary. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm <laughs> smiling. I'm not <laughs> excited to hear what you're gonna say. Um, yeah, you describe this beer for me. I think these the hops are like present enough just to give it like more of a spicy characteristic to to dumb down the esters from the yeast. So it's like I, it yeah, I think they're there to support crushable. the yeast. Well, I think again, I, I, in the same way that they like both disappear. Sure. So it's like beer's, I'm yeah, just clean. drinking this like highly carbonated, it's like seltzer water that has a hint of like orange and hmm. uh, a slight bit of peppers. <laughs> See, it's so weird. I would never say that beer tastes like orange or peppers. You mean like it's like zesty? I guess is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Um. But yeah, I don't know. It's very well, but I can drink 20 of these. I think that's why it's their flagship. It's so, different. It's something different and something crushable. So people in that area appreciate it. And, it, you know, the fact that it's local and weird, I think, make people want it more, too. I would imagine if we if we posted that on our Instagram and said we had a couple extra cans and the first fans to send us an email would get a can shipped to them, they would do it, in, you know. Here in New York, yeah. Before the day the podcast <laughs> comes out, which is probably Monday, tomorrow. I bet you <laughs> we would get an email. <laughs> Unless, yes, they're from Wisconsin. <laughs> get it themselves. So their like big thing is that they don't force carb this beer. It's natural. It's like living. They That's don't kill incredible. the yeast. They don't kill the yeast within the can. That's why it's like naturally hazy and like the flavor continues to develop within the can. Well, that's great. We we have one more can of it. Maybe we should keep it. Fun, fruity, and satisfying. Would you do you just you think those adjectives are appropriate for this? Uh, Fun, sure. fruity. It's very lightly, lightly, lightly fruity. It's like so again balanced. All right, we got two more beers. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's I go. hate when people say fruity because there's that's just the, <laughs> that word big. is like music. It's yeah, also, like yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's such a wide umbrella. All right, so I have a carton beer. In my yeah, hands. so it's fall time. Fall time where we live. We went uh, apple picking, like cool bunch of nerds that people i don't know the nerdiest people go apple picking in apple the fall pie, yeah, yeah yeah we went apple picking uh in jersey dirty jersey and of course whenever we go there we pick up some carton beers so we got some carton beers to try yeah so i just cracked open the tangled up and uh snaps over there has a boat mm. Man, I smelled that before I even brought it to my mouth and I wanted it. Yeah. Yeah, so like we got the classic flagship boat. I get this every time we go down to Jersey because it's one of my favorite beers. Again, kind of riffing off the New Belgium sessionable sessionability of the Spotted Cow. I think boat also has that same kind of awesome sessionability. sessionability. And Tangled Up is our new one. We actually just got that in this market. Man, when you drink Tangled Up and uh, New Glarus next to each other, the New Glarus just becomes... Different. Even better. Nice. Because the Tangled Up is like... It reeks of blueberries. Um, It's definitely really tart. So the fact that it is like more... uh, Obviously down that sour end of the spectrum, this New Glarus just becomes more noticeably... (laughs) No, more noticeably balanced. Ah, interesting. So... Cool. 
It's a boat. They call it a Sessionelle. It's a Kolsch. I use Kolsch yeast. 3.5%. Super light. Really clean and refreshing. And then we have Tangled Up, which they're calling a Highlander Weiss, which is a made-up thing. It's supposed to be a Berliner Weiss. <laughs> there can be only but, one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Basically. Yeah, that's probably why they called it that, honestly. Because yeah. it's not a thing. It's not a real thing. Berliners are supposed to be like 3%, and this is 7%. So we got some <laughs> Tangled Up Blueberry Berliner and some Session, Boat Session. Yeah. And I'm just Ooh. thinking, like, see, now I'm hearkening back to, like, when we were walking around the casino, like, you and I wear a lot of beer, obviously, swag. That's kind of what we do. Yeah. But how many times did you get stopped for wearing your fiddlehead? And how many times did I get talked to for wearing my Bissell Brothers? Like, I got two fiddlehead <laughs> comments. I yeah, there's a lot. I saw one guy with a Bissell Brothers hat. The problem is, too, though, that fish fans are from New England. So, again, they're just more yeah, we the met higher end. a lot of people from Maine. <laughs> yeah. We met some West Coasters, too. But, sure. like, um, there, there were a lot of noticeable beer nerds. Like, again, there were people walking around with beer swag. So, and people literally would come up to me randomly, like, fiddlehead. Oh, and I'd be like, what? <laughs> what just happened? Yeah. They were calling out your fiddlehead hard. They're like, good brewery. <laughs> like, no, bruh. But yeah, there. not as much as we normally do when we travel. But honestly, we travel to places that are kind of known for their beers, so it, may, it would sure. make sense that we get called out more. Sure. Um, I I like you get very interested when we go outside of a typical beer market. We go to a place that's <laughs> call it what it is an adult daycare center and huh. see what they're feeding these adults. Sure. <laughs> That's what they felt like to me. You're Vegas? only allowed to have Budweiser and this and that. I feel like you couldn't bring a beer that's 12% into Vegas. Someone would kill themselves. Someone would you like, can easily do that. I mean, you shouldn't do that, but you can easily. The guy at the American Sports Bar was pushing uh, Imperial Scotty Bri- Imperial Biscotti Break from Evil Twin on us. That beer is 12%. Yeah. He's trying to get us fucked up. Well, I think I think when someone does that, <laughs> when a bartender does that to a, a beer drinker, I think they immediately hear us start talking about all the cans and all the whatever. And from the bartender's mentality, it goes, well, let me give them the best bang for their buck. So I'll grab the strongest thing I have in my yeah, stash. Yeah, that's true. That's and true. I'll pass it to them and show it to them. I mean, in Vegas particularly, that's what people are looking for. Yeah. It was cool to have a conversation with that guy. He was super into beer. He didn't know much about it, but he was like super eager. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like he wanted to learn about it. About it, yeah. Yeah, and the chick who was working at the tasting room in Sin City was very knowledgeable, and she had a really good handle on like what a Marzen was and how to describe it in a way that made sense. She said it tastes like a fresh baked pretzel, which is entirely accurate. Like it tastes yeah. like a pretzel. She said She's that right. to me, and like <laughs> we when we were talking about it, we talked about it as like bread or like crackers or whatever. But when she said that, it immediately like sparked something because in you've my eaten brain. a pretzel. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, it's along the same lines. I, I asked you if you've it eaten just... Cheerios. It's similar. Yeah. Cheerios. First of all, I only have Honey Nut Cheerios because regular yeah. Cheerios are gross. But... Yeah, but that's what you should have is the plain ass. Oh, man. Cheerio. I'm pretty sure even when, like, in, in my house growing up, when we would run out of, like, Frosted Flakes or, like, Honey Nut Cheerios, <laughs> my mom would you just... You pour sugar on stuff? Take a, yeah, spoonful I used of to sugar. pour sugar on my cornflakes when I was a kid uh, and on my... uh. Grapefruit. It's pour sugar on a lot of shit. I mean, you can put your rock candy in some beer. So let's awesome, play a fun game. Strong... We actually have another beer open. It's a burial beer because oh, burial is like gone. one of my favorite breweries. Okay, well, <laughs> that, that that defeats the purpose. I said let's. I was gonna say let's play a fun game. Let's say a food that you think each one of these beers tastes like. One food. Oh, that's hard. How she said a Marzen tasted like a pretzel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. Okay. 
So I'm, I'm, I'm gonna start with the new Glarus because it's, it's in front it's of me. It's probably the easiest one too, and the burial is not a good one to do because it's an apricot pale ale. So you're just gonna say it tastes like an apricot. <laughs> so if somebody had never drank this beer and they came up to you and said, "What does this beer taste like?" Give me a food this beer tastes like. A salty you cracker. A saltine. Yeah. Okay. With salt on top, because my family used to get saltines with no salt. Yeah. You did question is, suspension. Yeah, I did. Question <laughs> is, question is whether or not that would entice someone to want to try that beer. Uh, I don't think so because a saltine uh, dries your mouth out, and that's pretty dry already. So I think the combo would be bad. I don't think it would be refreshing. I think you'd make it worse, not better. So I'd go the opposite way with it. I would do something that's like really like gonna coat my mouth, like something fatty, and pair it with that because that's gonna strip it all away. Sure. So yeah, that like for a sure. Or some shit. I don't know. I'm not asking what you'd pair with it. I'm asking what you would say that beer tastes like. Right, but then you said, you know, would I eat a cracker and eat that and be like, oh? And I'd be like, no. I no, I, 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 that's not what I said. What I said was, would you telling somebody that beer tasted like a cracker entice them to want to drink that beer? Oh, I don't know. Do they no, like liquid they crackers? Or yeah, not? exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so then it's like you get into the fine line of. Describing it accurately or describing it in a way that's enticing for somebody to want to drink, right? Yeah, which is, I feel like, always the latter and not the former. You um, know, every single person that writes an IPA description writes things that people want to hear. Mango, so I would say, papaya, and, and say you know like that that's a, why they're doing a, a, it. A crisp uh, soda-soaked pear. You that beer literally pear just tastes like water. it just tastes like a cream soda to me. I don't know. I don't drink very many cream sodas. Have a cream soda. That tastes like a cream soda to me, like a Barks or like a, I don't know. I don't know any other cream sodas. I don't drink <laughs> soda, but you know what I mean? I don't think Barks even does it, like a Boylan's or something. Okay. Well, this Tangled Up is like <laughs> super tart and dry. Right. It almost, it like, it's like getting into like the the wine champagne realm for me. Um, I'm really so, happy you didn't just say blueberry because it's a blueberry burglar vice. It is. It, I said it reeks of blueberries before. You yeah. So, the nose, but. but the game is you have to say one food that the beer tastes like, and you could easily just say blueberry. That's why I said we shouldn't do the burial. It's an apricot pale. <laughs> I don't know, man. We did this last time. It has an aftertaste really, that I don't enjoy. Yeah, it's too tart and a little too dry for me. Um, but I don't really, I, I don't eat blueberries by themselves often, if at all. They're always like mixed into pancakes for me or uh, a muffin maybe, like, or a bagel. I've had blueberry bagels before. But like, I've, I can't say that I eat them by themselves often enough to be like, oh, that tastes like a blueberry. Like, Is it weird that I think this has a new mommy flavor that reminds me of jerky? Uh... Is it because it, the tartness is giving you a similar sensation to spicy? No, umami is like umami. Like, umami yeah, is like uh, soy sauce or like savory. Meaty. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's got like a meaty, savory thing going on. I think it honestly, it's just the beginning. The beginning of it just tastes lingering. Like you don't think vin- lingering vinegar to me? <laughs> See the lingering even Blueberry in my mouth vinegar. makes it feel chalky the way it feels like after I eat jerky. Mm. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I agree, but that's fine. And then boat. What does boat taste? Not about like? agreeing. It's what you would say. It's I don't know. I, I that one's a miss on me. The blueberry. I just don't eat blueberries, man. Like, so here's here's 
You're not listening, again, as you never do, to yeah. the directions yeah, yeah. of what you're supposed to be doing. Just say what it tastes like. It tastes like blueberries. Yeah, and that's so easy and dumb. Cool. So you yeah, said yeah. blueberries because yeah, you're yeah. simple. Congratulations. Yeah, basic. You're simple. I scoop my bagels. Yeah, you, you simple. <laughs> um, boat. Let's try boat. I think it tastes like jerky. And I said that one tastes like a cream soda. And you said it tastes like a cracker. So we're kind of even on that one, I'd say. Boat. Boat. See, and then, like, how would you explain how that's different from the nuclearis? Oh, my God. Boat is... Num, 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 num. <laughs> it tastes like, uh, honestly, homebrewer here. Flowers. It tastes like fucking hops. It just tastes like hops gum. Really? Yeah. See, that tastes Not like lemony way. flowers to way. me. No, it tastes like, like, it smells like fresh cut grass to me. Grass? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And tastes like lemongrass. Yeah, it's got like a lemony, floral, spicy thing going on. It's way more bright and dry hopped and hop forward than the new glare. The new glare, I don't taste any hops in that beer. Yeah. If they're there, if if they're there, which I'm sure they're there, like I said, they're there just to support and balance out the spiciness from the yeast and to, to kind of give balance to the sweet honey from the malts. Yeah. I don't taste any hops in that. Boat to me is a very neutral beer designed to showcase the hop and designed to push that floral grassy aroma forward and for that to be kind of what your brain focuses on because this beer is very dry. It drops off immediately. So you're still going back in your head and being like, oh, let's taste it again because I want to remember what I smelled and tasted. Right. Yeah, man. Uh, I don't know. I Honestly, the first thing that comes to mind if I were to describe that to someone would be like chew on some Cascade hops. But we're talking about food. I know. So what would you like in this too? Um, like herbs, like like thyme. Yeah, yeah. This tastes the way lemon thyme smells to me. Yeah, I grow it on my fire escape. <laughs> so I'd say, and that's a natural thing to say because hops themselves are used very similar to the way that herbs are used when you cook. Yeah. That's a good one too. Sweet. You did pretty good on this. Yeah. I'm really impressed. I'm, lear- your, I'm learning stuff. Your abilities today. <laughs> I learned something today. Did you get your Vegas strength? Uh, did I get my Vegas what? Strength. Strength. I don't know. Yeah. Vegas gave me strength. I don't so know. I said, no, yeah, I did you get I your Vegas? It, I think it took, depleted every, it took you? everything from me. Yeah, I'm running on crazy time right now. Yeah. Um, even with daylights helped us today, I'm, I'm still fucked up. You know, it's daylight savings time today. Listeners, if you're listening to us and you live in New York. Well, it's, we're, this is coming out tomorrow. It's daylight savings time. They don't know time. by Monday. Sunday night is daylight <laughs> savings time. Spring ahead, fall back. Love you, fall. You get an extra hour. Boom. Love you. Well, we got it today. Just another reason to love fall. Oh, my God. <laughs> Whatever. If you're listening to this podcast in and around days of daylight savings time i mean you're gonna know by tomorrow when you wake up if you're fucked and you're an hour early somewhere but you're an hour early you're not an hour late so you'll be fine (laughs) have a beer wherever you are Wooks. (laughs) all right is that it so so much to say about beer all the time (laughs) yeah i could just talk forever save it oh man all right (laughs) all right well look forward to uh can i say treehouse should i not say treehouse uh, we don't know if we're going to okay. do Treehouse look, or not Look yet. forward to but a yeah. possible interview with dudes from Treehouse. Uh, maybe. Um, uh, J3PO is coming back on as a guest at some point whenever we get his schedule squared away. Yeah, getting him into a room is like trying to, Tough titties. to herd bulls <laughs> yeah, hats. Cats. In, a, in a China shop. <laughs> yep. So that'll happen at some point. 
Um, we're gonna the, wrap up. We're gonna wrap up 2018 strong. We're gonna have a couple awesome guests on. So yeah, keep so, listening. So yeah, we have the guys from uh, the Facebook group coming in. Sure. And then we're yep. gonna have J3PO back for yep. another then and now, um, talking about his experience as a 1.0 fan and how yep. it compares to now with yep. us being 3.0 fans. Yep. Uh, and we yep. have just two short months left before Madison Square Garden. New Year's Eve run. Yeah, I again, I can't believe, I mean, how long we've been doing this podcast. It's like, I feel like one of the first episodes we were reviewing fucking on the New Year's before. I don't know. I feel like it's coming around. I don't know. This is episode 20-something? 25? 28? Yeah, so exactly. If you do one a week, that's a long time. Yeah. It's been a good year. Good fish and beer year. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, I'm taking us out on my favorite encore song of all time. Love and Cup. And they played it on Halloween night, yeah. Keep it all from the Halloween night. Sounds great. Super easy for you. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I'll play free if you want me to play free. No. That's my, that's my favorite no, song. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think you get that enough. <laughs> Everyone gets it enough. I think you've gotten it once a run since you've been a Fish fan. Yeah, and I don't even care. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking right. of caring, we care about new listeners. Thank you for joining us. This episode of God Brew, I am Snaps. Snaps. And I am the kid. We'll catch you guys <laughs> next time. See you next time. Not just sit